do something. I saw, I saw this in my mind's eye this morning. We're going to do something different. And I want you to lock eyes with one person, look at them, and say this after me. You, and point your finger at them. You have the life of God in you. You have the love of God in you. You have his nature. You have his ability. Therefore, 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 you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. That is Christ Jesus. Now put your hand on your heart. Speak to my heart, Lord. Change my life and manifest yourself in me today. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Woo! Thank you for your support. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, <laughs> bring it. Hallelujah. So, um, title of this message, you have the right not to remain silent. You have the right not to remain silent. All right? Bedrock truths. God cannot lie. It was number one. Number two, his word is true. Come on, we can trust him. Number three, Jesus is the same. And forever. And as he is, so are we. Amen. So, you know, when you think about this, I know I've been thinking about this a lot. When you're under arrest, what do the Pope say to you? You have the right to remain silent. Right? But as born-again, spirit-filled believers, we have the right not to remain silent. When we become arrested by sickness, disease, lack, or whatever it is you find yourself in a situation, we need to talk ourselves out of that situation. We need to be speaking to that situation. This is why I say you have the right not to remain silent. You can't. Um, let's go to Romans chapter 10, please. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Okay, we have some people from the wild, wild west, and they're used to hee-hawing, and that was pretty weak. I've been out there. Lots of hee-haws. So, let's try this again, shall we? Outside voice. <clears throat> Clear your throat. <clears> throat. Romans 10.6. There you go. Come on now. That's it. <laughs> Glory to God. Romans 10, chapter 6. It's good. Praise the Lord. You have the right not to remain silent. You can't. Verse 6, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Don't you say in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall ascend or descend to, into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? What are you saying? The word is nigh you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We don't preach the word of doubt. It's a word of faith. And in verse 9, if you shall confess, confess, you got to say with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And verse 10, for with the heart man bleeds unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Why? Because you have the right to remain, not to remain silent. So salvation in the Greek, soteria, we all know this. But it's good to hear it again. It's deliverance, preservation. I like this. Preservation from material and temporal deliverance from danger. Mm -hmm. Come on. And apprehension. So, of course, you hear the word apprehension. What does that mean? Apprehension. Anxiety. 
fear <laughs> that something better and pleasant will happen. You're delivered from that. You're kept in safety and in health. Deliverance from the molestation of enemies, of the present experience of God's power to deliver from the bondage of sin. That's our salvation package that we have. What a cool package. Verse 11, for the scripture says, Who, whosoever, whosoever, that's us. Huh, come on now. Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is rich. He's rich unto all that call upon him. So what do you got to do? Our part, we need to call upon him. You got to say something. You got to say something. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Of course, I looked at the word saved. Sozo means to be saved, delivered, protected, healed, preserved, to do well, and to be made whole. So your wholeness is in your mouth. Our tomorrow is in our mouth today. Right? In the message, uh, in, in Romans 10, 6, it says, but trusting God to shape the right living in us is a different story. No precarious climb up to heaven to recruit the Messiah. No dangerous descent into hell to rescue the Messiah. Verse 8, so what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves is right here, as near as a tongue in your mouth, as close as a heart in your chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and to set things right for us. It welcomes him. Invite him to do it. Right? This is the core of our preaching. Verse 9. Say the welcoming word to God. Jesus is my master or Jesus is Lord. Embracing body and soul. God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. What he did. Resurrection power. Isn't that not enough? Man. If you're not doing anything, you're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That's salvation. You're not doing nothing. We're calling out. That's what we do. That's salvation. Verse 10, with your whole being, with your whole being you embrace God setting things right. And then you say it right out loud. So you got to say some things out loud. You got to speak to your situations, right? God has set everything right between him and me. We're cool. Yeah, but what did you do yesterday? Yesterday is a canceled check. We're cool, right? Those yesterday little things in the back of your head, that, well, that's not from God because we're cool, right? You got to know, hey, we're cool. Verse 11, scripture reassures us, no one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it, but your heart and your soul has got to be in it, Right? It's exactly the same, no matter what a person's religious background may be, the same God for all, is the same God for all of us, acting the same incredible, generous way to help everyone who calls out for help. Everyone who calls help God gets helped by God. But if we don't call, he's not going to help. He's waiting for us to say something. He's done everything he's going to do. Call on him, Right? Um, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please. 2 Corinthians 4. This is a verse that's been floating around here a lot lately, and probably since the first of the year, because we needed it. <laughs> With all the stuff that's been going on, it's like, 
Whoa. Okay, so Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, we. So that's talking about us. This place. New Covenant Ministries. We. Having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. What do we speak? We speak what we believe. Amen? I like a message. We're not keeping quiet. No, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believe it, so I said it. We say what we believe. Passion says, no, it's because of God's mercy. Oh, 2 Corinthians 4.1, in the Passion Translation, I like this. It says, it's because of God's mercy that we've been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry, and we will not quit or faint with weariness. We won't quit. We're not going to faint. We're not going to get tired. We're not going to give up. We're, we're pushing through. Why? Because we continue to speak. We're not sick and tired. We're well and wide awake. Right? Why? Because our voice energizes who we are. And so um, in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, in the Passion Translation, it says, we are like common clay jars that, clear, that carry this glorious treasure within. There's a glorious treasure that's in you that we carry around everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. So that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen by, <laughs> will be seen as God's, not ours. But this power that's in you, that's overflowing out of you, was God. He's working for you. He's working through you. Amen? Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. Why? Because we will not, verse 1, we're not going to quit or faint. So we're not going to be crushed. Come on. Uh, at times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. <laughs> we don't quit. We've, <laughs> come on, we turned down many opportunities to quit, but just didn't take them. Didn't take them. Verse 9, we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are not knocked out. Amen. Verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. Come on. It's one thing to speak. Make sure you're speaking in faith, saying what the word says. So first we also believe, then we speak in faith. Uh, 14, we do this because we're convinced. Come on. We are convinced beyond our next breath, that God is for us. He's not against us. We know. We know in our knower. We're fully convinced, fully persuaded. Come on, it doesn't, like, no matter what's going on, we're still convinced that God is going to see us through to the other side. Just like Jesus, when he told the disciples, let's go to the other side. Well, there was a storm. Yeah, but he knew about that. I was talking about this with Pastor Gary the other day, and I, I don't know if, the, if it's how much I need to think about it, but when Jesus spoke to the storm, he went, shh, right? We know that. Was, now, was the storm in the lake, or was he shushing the storm that's in those disciples that were freaking out? Probably both, right? But if you're in the middle of a lake, and all of a sudden everything starts to upheave, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not a fisherman? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Why? Because he said, we're going to the other side. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Quiet yourself. And sometimes we need to do that. Most times we need to do that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we do this, verse 14, because we're convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him, and together we will all be brought into his presence. Oh, 
He's going to escort us in. What an opportunity. Yes, verse 15, all things work for your enrichment. All things, not just some things. It says all things work for your enrichment. Of course, had to look it up. <laughs> it's like Marion. <laughs> She's always researching words, right? And so um, enrichment, it's the action of improving or enhancing the quality or your value of something. So he said that all things work for your enrichment, for your quality of life, for your value of what you are, who you are, whose you are, and what he's got for you. Woo! You're enriched. Mm -hmm. Made me excited. <laughs> well, <anyway. laughs> so that, look at this. So that more of God's, this is, this is all part of, all, yes, all things work for your enrichment. So that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people. He wants you loaded so you can spread it around. Mm -hmm. Resulting in even a greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. So the more you get blessed, the more he gets glory. How cool is that? It's very cool. So no, well, verse 16. So no wonder we don't give up. Are you kidding? With all this stuff waiting for us. He commanded blessings for us. <laughs> he said he's going to bless everything we put our hand to. <laughs> Calling us handy too. It came to pass. Uh, um, it says, no wonder we don't give up. Even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. And I just, you know, Psalms 103, my youth is renewed like the eagle. Not like a beagle. <laughs> Come on. Beagle's got that thing under there, right? I'm good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> We're all right. No, no, it's all good. That's <clears throat> all I got. Sorry, James. <laughs> ah, so no wonder we don't give up. Even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. Verse 17. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. Huh. We were talking about this yesterday too. If if a thousand years is of a if a day to the Lord is as a, as a thousand years, well, how long you been saved for? So what's that make you? Probably childlike still, right? And we're to come to God as children. So ease up on yourself. Stop being so serious. Oh, we got to come into the presence of the Lord. Shh. You try to shush your kid and let me know how that works for you. Come on. My grandkids see Papa. Shh. You're in my presence. <laughs> Young child. Are you kidding? They're climbing all over you. She's putting kick me signs up. Could, I mean, come on. She put a kick me sign on me. And didn't even, and didn't tell, uh, let me walk around with that for about an hour. <laughs> and every once in a while, I just come up, so what are you kicking me for? <laughs> yeah, get your feet on the floor. And she says, Papa, look at it. <laughs> yeah, anyways, praise the Lord. So, yeah, we come to God as a child. That's what I'm saying. Don't get so, don't get so weird. 
<laughs> Just don't get weird. God is cool. He's your heavenly father. If your parents, sir, <laughs> come on. If your parents treated you the way they treat God. <laughs> Anyways, praise the Lord. So, um, verse 17. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as a substance that produces for us eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Woo! That's good. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Right? So temporary, subject to change. We're good. Not a problem. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 5, please. King James. Yes. <laughs> yes, King James. And your brother, Rick. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. And it came to pass that when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, meaning that he was almost dead. When you're full, somebody that's full of leprosy, they're almost dead. They're running, oozing stuff all over the place, missing digits, rotting flesh, like all over his body, right? And they were forbidden by law to even get close to people. And, and he, he says, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the, the leprosy departed from him. Now there's a whole bunch of stuff in this here. Number one, he was forbidden to get close to anybody. Right. And um, he said, Lord, if you will. How many people are still praying that prayer today? Lord, if it be your will, heal me. Well, he said he would. Well, if it be your will, bless me. Didn't we just talk about the blessing earlier? So it's already done? So what are you asking again for? Don't. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. And, and, he, and, and so he, he put forth his hand and he touched him. You imagine the, the last time that leper was touched by a human? Well, when he first had the first little spot, he was kicked out of the camp. So that was, that was his last touching at all, right? But it says, Jesus touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the, the leprosy departed from him. Um, hmm. New Living says, um, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with advanced Case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Don't you know we don't have to beg? We don't have to beg. And he said, Lord, he said, he said, he had to say this out of his mouth, though. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. He said, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. And the passion is that instantly the leprous sores were healed and his skin became smooth. Imagine, bam, just like that. As soon as he said it. In Mark 141, um, it's the same story. It says, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him and said to him, I will be thou, be thou clean. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was clean. As soon as he said it. That same power is in us today. As soon as we say it, that's why we have the right not to remain silent. Uh. 
Mark, 10, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Mark 10, 46. And it said, when Jesus and his disciples passed through Jericho, a large crowd joined them. Upon leaving the village, they met a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. And uh, uh, there was a blind beggar. His name was Bartimaeus, the son of Timai. And when he heard that Jesus from Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout. He had to say something. He, come on now. We need to be saying some things. Not what the news media is saying. We need to be saying what this is saying. He began to shout, Jesus, you son of David. Have mercy on me now in my affliction and heal me. And verse 48, those in the crowd were indignant and scolded him for making so much of a disturbance. <laughs> That's the church world, isn't it? Shut up! Don't you make no noise in church. Don't you know where you are? <laughs> but he kept shouting with all of his might. Shouting with all of his might. He just wasn't going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. No, he said, <laughs> he said, with all, he kept shouting with all of his might, son of David, have mercy on me now and heal me. He didn't say tomorrow. He said, now, heal me. Jesus stopped and said, call him to come to me. So they went to the blind man and said, have courage. How quickly they, they shifted, right? First they tell him to shut up. Now they're saying, have courage. Hey, man, <laughs> you're in. He's calling you. Today is your day. Fickle. Fickled. He said, Have courage. Get up. Jesus is calling for you. Verse 50. So he threw off his beggar's cloak and jumped up and made his way to Jesus. Why did he throw off his beggar's cloak? Meanwhile, like it really, it's a it's a blind person's um identity. And he threw that off and said, ha, 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 ha. I'm about to get fixed. I'm about to get fixed. Threw that thing to the ground. Why don't we start throwing our things to the ground like that? Jesus said in verse 51, 51, Jesus said unto him, what do you want me to do for you? Come, oh my goodness. What would you do if Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you today? Well, let's just save the world. No. Stop that. What do you want him to do for you? He's making it personal. World peace, Jesus. He said, what do you want me to do for you? The man replied, master, please let me see again. So you got to be specific. He wanted to see, right? Jesus responded, your faith heals you. Go in peace with your sight restored. Whoa, all at once, the man's eyes opened and he could see again. And he began to, at once to follow Jesus, walking down the road with him. When you get healed, when you get delivered, don't forget who done brought you to the dance. Hang out. Go to church. <laughs> Amen. So instead of, telling, <laughs> instead of telling Bartimaeus what to do, Jesus let Bartimaeus tell him what to do. Didn't he? Jesus let Bartimaeus tell him what to do. And immediately, he did what Bartimaeus said. Imagine, Jesus is going to do what you say? Yeah. All the time. But he's not going to be your little genie in the bottle. Say this. He will do this. 
right? He knew that healing was his. We read that earlier. Huh? Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Blind eyes open. Stuff happens. Cool things. Luke chapter 17, please. New Living Translation. Luke chapter 7, verses one, uh, verse 1 uh, in the New Living. Talking about the, uh, the Roman officer. I like this. Mm. When Jesus finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At, the, at that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick, near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. Verse 4. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. Verse 6, Jesus went out with them, and ju uh, ju but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. Wow. I'm not even wor worthy to come and meet you. But just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Say the word from where you are. Say the word from where you are. Say the word from where you are. Why? You have the right not to be silent. Say the word from where you are. And it said, my servant will be healed. And I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have, superior, uh, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, and they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, turning to the crowd that was following him, and he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. When? When he said it. Things happen when you say things. Right? Amen. Um, in Matthew 8, 8, the same story, uh, it said the, um, the, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Speak the word only. So what the people said, that's what Jesus did. Bartimaeus said he wanted to see Jesus, gave it to him immediately. The leopard said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. And immediately he was cleansed. The centurion said, speak the word only. And immediately the servant was healed. Do you think there's a pattern here? Speaking the word only, right? <laughs> Mark chapter 4, verse 23. I'm going to read it to you for time out of the Passion Translation. Mark 4, 23. Listen to this, the first line. If you understand what I'm saying, you need to respond. You, be, you need to be res responding, you and I, we need to respond to the situations that occur in our lives. How many times, and I've done it, where stuff happens and you say nothing? You just, especially males, we just get quiet. Don't say nothing. Sitting there, sitting in stew. Stew. What are you doing? I'm marinating. Hmm. No, no, no. You need to respond. You need to say to that thing. Whatever it is. Hmm. And he said, 
uh, verse 24. He said unto them, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything that you hear. For as you do, more understanding will, given to, will be given to you. According to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you. For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. But those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little they think that they have. Right? That's why we need to respond to some things. Um, and as I, I, that, that verse came and I read it, and I was like, oh, man, this goes with uh, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. We know this one. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now has come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. Accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You go to bed and there's that accusation going on in your head, running tape over and over. You know what you did? 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 I saw what you did. I saw what you did. I saw what you did. You hear what you said. You know, I know what you said. You need to respond. You need to respond. And how did he do that? Verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They had to say something and they loved not their lives unto the death. You need to respond. I remember at, uh, being at a believers convention one time and, and Kenneth Copeland did this. So I'm going to get you to do it in your mind, in your mind, start counting from one to 10. And then I, I'm, but then in the middle of that, I'm going to ask you and, and show to me what your first name is. Okay. So start counting from one to 10 in your mind. Now, shout to me your first name. Shout to me your first name, please. What happened to the count in your head? It had to stop to hear what, the, to hear what your mouth was saying. When your head starts to speak to you, you say something with your mouth to cancel that thing. You got to shut it up because if not, it's, it will eat your lunch. Right? And then you're going to be sitting back and then you're going to start believing half that stuff that he's saying. Don't believe that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Woo-hoo. All right, we're doing good. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, please. King James. Proverbs chapter 4. It's, it's, it's kind of cool that Proverbs is all full of speech, what you say, how you say what you say. Why should you say what you say? Why do you say what you say? <laughs> should you say what you say? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Don't you like this? We're just learning. We're learning things as we go. And that's what it's all about. It's just like, okay, you know what? I learned something new today. Hmm, that's cool. Let's apply that, shall we? That way you don't have to get all bummed out. Oh, God, I miss it again. <sighs> yeah. Welcome to the family. Glory to God. <laughs> so, um, Pastor Gary sent me this article, uh, my goodness, a few years back now. Remember what he was reading from the Temple Institute? He was getting all those notices from the Temple Institute. And this one here is positivity in the, Hempel, in the Holy Temple. Positive speech. Do, do not underestimate the power of your own words. What comes out of your mouth shapes who you are. Negative words bring on negativity. 
Positive words make our world better. Guard your tongue and it will guard you. And know that only good comes of talking to God when you pray and speak the word. Isn't that something? Huh. Negative words bring negativity. Positive words bring positivity. (sighs) How cool is that? How deep is it? We didn't have to become a scholar. Didn't have to go to, you know, get a PhD. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son. He must have been from Newfoundland. My son. That's right. Joanne said it's right. Yeah. Have you ever been to a scoff? Oh, my goodness. Okay, the first time I I was in Newfoundland, Sam and Myrtle. Oh, my. Okay, because I was preaching out there, and and, uh, they said, come over to our place for a scoff after you're done. This is at uh, 10 o'clock, and you're thinking, okay, so we're going to have a nice little light meal. Oh, no, 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 no. There was, there was bacon, eggs, ham, cinnamon buns, um, regular buns, um, potato salad, all the different types of salads you can have. There was roast beef. There was all kinds of, at 10 o'clock at night, you're not supposed to eat like that. Right, that's a scoff. And then we spent the night there and then woke up the next morning and there's Sam cooking. Breakfast, second verse, same as the first. Here we go, scoff part two. Oh my. (laughs) I was so dumb by the time I got back home. I had to fast for like a long time. (laughs) I I couldn't eat another bite of full. (laughs) Anyways, praise the Lord. It's very fulfilling times over there. <laughs> yeah, we ate like dogs. Yeah, it was good. So, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 it says, My son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of their heart, for they are life unto those that find them, health unto the, all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Verse 24 Put away from thee a forward. What a word, forward. It's forward, forward with an R. Forward. Ferrari. But I had to look it up. Yeah, forward. And it means crooked, perverse, twisted, wicked, where you get the word wicker, all twisted up. Uh, to be habitually disposed to disobedience in opposition to someone or something like a law. Always in opposition. I said yes, but I said no. Let's go. Well, we're going to stop. We're going to do this. No, we're not going to do it. I don't think we can. I don't think we should. But I thought we should. I don't think so. Why are you being so forward? (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Get over yourself. In verse 24 in the message, it says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. (laughs) Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. 
New Century Version, it says, don't use your mouth to tell lies. Don't ever say things that are not true. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, for I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. I know, it's an open book test, right? Choose life that both you and your seed may live. If you choose life so you and your seed can live, well, then you have the right, the right to, not to remain silent. New Living says, Today I've given you the choice between life and death, blessed, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. What is going to be the choice that you're going to make today? Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Proverbs chapter, we're getting ready to land the plane. Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verses 20, 21 in the Amplified Version. It says, a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. And with the consequence of his words, he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, whether it's death or life. And I got this as a side note. One who watches his mouth and tongue create negative or, po or a positive environment. Depending on what you say and how you say it. Mark chapter 11, verse, uh, yeah, Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Let's go there. Isn't that funny, though? Back in Proverbs chapter 18, um, they talk about death and life are in the and the power of the tongue, they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit thereof, whether life or death. And then the verse, the very next verse, it says, um, find a good spouse, you'll find a good life. All in the power of the tongue. 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 It's funny that uh, it made me chuckle. Anyways, Mark chapter 11, verse 12. I'm going to read this out of New King James. Because that way there's no these, thous, or thuses. Makes it easier to, for me to pronounce. Now in the morning. No, okay, verse 12 in Mark 11. Now the next day when they had come up from Bethany, he was hungry, Jesus. Seeing uh, from afar a fig tree having leaves. And he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the season. Um, for it was not the season for figs. And in response, he said to it. He spoke to the tree. The tree was speaking to him, saying, uh-uh, no proof, <laughs> no fig for you. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. And he answered it. In response, Jesus said to it, let no man eat fruit from you forever again. Oh, yeah? I'll raise you one. <laughs> and his disciples heard it. He didn't think it. He said it out loud. Now let's jump down to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So when he said it, the drying started. They didn't see anything. All they did is they heard the word. When you speak the word over your situation, you may not see anything at, at, at first. But at the root, that thing is dying. It's dying. Now, thank you, James. You're listening. Praise the Lord. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a fear of thank yous. Thank you very much. 
so in the in the morning as they passed by, they, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. In verse 21, Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have a God kind of faith. What is that? God said, Genesis, God said, God said, God said. And, that, and at the end of that chapter, it says God saw what he said. Same thing with us. You, we see what we continually say. Whether it's good or bad. <laughs> Unfortunately. But if we're speaking good all the time, we're going to see good. Right? Mm -hmm. So he said, have faith in God. Verse 23. For assuredly I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things, <laughs> what, whatever things that you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Look how many times say, say, say. You continually speak. Why? Because you're going to see those things that you continually say. And then in verse 25, what they have to put that there? And as a conjunction word, which connects it with the stuff before. Because you're thinking, okay, I can have what I say. I can have absolutely everything I say. And I, by faith, believe in that. I believe, Jesus, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I'm a believer. And... Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. How do I do that? Oh, man, let's go back to verse 22. Have the faith of God. I want to say things, and I don't want to do 25. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't know what they did. James. Dude, you don't know what they did. They tore me up. I don't want to. I want to slap that. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ushers? <laughs> It says, whenever you stand praying, <laughs> if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Why? So that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. Oh, stop it. Now we're getting into this stuff. I don't want to do that. But I want God to forgive me. So, what are you going to do? You have the, remain, you have the right not <laughs> to remain silent, especially here. So, Lord, by faith... Because we're talking about the word of, come on now, spirit of faith speaks. You got to do this by faith. Lord, by faith, I just, I forgive that person and all of their idiot. I forgive that person. Lord, I speak a blessing on them today. I thank you for your anointing to help me do this because you can't do it on your own. If you would, you could, right? But he says that he's going to bless the work of your hands. So you take your hands and start dealing your, put your hands into this uh, dough that says <laughs> unforgiveness and start to knead it. Why? He's going to bless the work of your hands. Yeah. It says, 
If you have anything against anyone, anyone, the stupid government. Oh. Oh. Need, need, need. Bless them. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He'll turn it. Lord, I thank you for our government in the name of Jesus. You got the you got his heart in your hand in his hand and you're gonna turn it. Can you crush it first? No, no, you're gonna turn it. You're gonna turn it. You will turn it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because it says if you don't forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Well, what if they're green party? <laughs> Gregory, did you say that out loud? Need, need, Greg. <laughs> we got some dough coming for you, my brother. <laughs> It says, if you do not forgive, either will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So he's for us. Last verse, last set of verses. Can you handle the last ones? Okay, Micah. <laughs> because it's not going to happen overnight. Forgiveness cannot happen overnight. You have to do a mind change, and you got to start speaking it till you can actually say it and mean it. By faith, you're just going to say it, and it's going to feel like dry toast cr crackers. <laughs> Bless him. Glory to God. <laughs> Micah, chapter 7. Verse 7. It says, therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. My God will hear me. Even when I forgive so-and-so for what they did. So rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. What's he saying? The Lord, come on, you may be sitting in darkness, but God's going to come and he's going to light you up. He's going to light you up. Why? Candle on a hill. Woo! Amplified. But as for me, I like that. But as for me, as for me and my house, but as for me, I will look to the Lord and confident in him, I will keep watch. My confidence is in him. I will wait with hope and expectancy for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. So when you're praying for that person, my God will hear me. And really, when you think about it, it's more for you and not for that person. Let Come on now. You're going to need to let that person go. I remember a few, uh, um, my goodness, when did I do that with you, James, with the unforgiveness holding it and went all over the place? A few months back, I, had, I drew on a piece of paper. And I used to do this back in the youth group days. And, and I, I put unforgiveness on a piece of paper and I put it on somebody's back. I said, just go around and just go about your business. Just walk around the place. And I, and I was following them, holding unforgiveness against that person. And they didn't even know that, that I held it against them because they're, they couldn't see nothing. So they, they went along with their lives doing whatever it is they, they wanted to do. But I, because I'm holding this thing against that person, following them everywhere they wanted to go, even if I didn't want to go, tripping over whatever it is they were tripping over, 
My arm was getting tired from holding it up. I was getting an attitude because I'm so mad and fright at that person that they don't even know. And then that makes me even mad. Come on, you haven't been there? You're mad because they, they don't even know that you're mad and you're sitting there, oh, I'm getting frosted. This is how I look to the Lord and confident in him. I will keep watch. I will wait with hope and expectancy for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Why? I have the, room, the, I have the right not to remain silent. Uh, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And when the Lord lights you up, you are lit. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.